Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Influential Personal Brand. This is AJ Vaden. I am one of your co-hosts here. I'm the CEO of Brand Builders Group. But more importantly, today I get to be the interviewer of a very special guest. And I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Molly Marco Saman. And before I formally introduce her to you guys and let her share some of her brilliance and excellence, I have a formal bio, but I'm going to read you some highlights out of. And if you guys listen to this often, you know, this is not something I typically do. But when I was reading through Molly's bio, I was like, holy snikes, I've got to read some of this. So there's some like really amazing stuff in here. So currently, Molly is the commissioner of the LPGA. And we're going to talk a little bit about how she got there and what does this all have to do with personal branding. But I'm going to give you just a tiny bit of the backstory of how she got to here. And then I'm going to let her share that as well. But she is a Princeton graduate and not just that, but a two-sport varsity athlete, which I do not think is easy. I am not that skilled in the realm of athletics, but you were also named uh, to the collegiate women's ice hockey team of the decade which is, I think is amazing. You were also, you were also announced sportswoman of the year while you were there. You have been like, you went on to had a more than decade long career of a variety of different positions in the collegiate world. But then you came back to Princeton as the university's family director of athletics. You did that for another almost a decade. And it's like, I could go on and on, but this is like, when I was reading your bio, I was like, Oh my gosh, like you are truly an individual who has dedicated their entire life to sports and not just sports, but the discipline and the just work ethic that it takes to be that excellent at any one thing. And it wasn't just one thing for you. It was so many different things. And so I'm amazed, like genuinely, I was reading this time. I was like, I had no idea of all these things because you're also really humble and you don't talk about any of that. Um, so I got want to introduce you. So formally, welcome to the show, Molly. Well, thanks, AJ. I mean, that was quite an intro. Like, I'm going to bring you on the road with me as my <laughs> press secretary. That was really nice. But again, the decade was the 80s. So it was a little different decade than today. So anyway, it was really fun and my joy and pleasure in life to be able to participate in two sports at Princeton and to play sports my whole life and have that opportunity. And yes, my whole life has been largely about sports. So, you know, really grateful. Your shirt says grateful, which we just were talking about. And I try to be grateful every day in, in everything that I get to do. Oh my gosh. I just, I think that your accomplishments are incredible. And now you're leading an entire generation of female athletes in the you know field of golf. And I just, I find this too fascinating. And so I want everyone to know, it's like, you heard a little bit about your background, but why the commissioner, why the LPGA tour? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I've had the pleasure, as I said, I've always had great jobs. I think when I, I always tell the story when I was graduating from college, my friends and I all sat around and we said, well, what would we like to be doing in five years? What would we like to be doing in 10 years, 15 years? And at every step of the way, I just put, you know, a really cool job in sports, a really cool job in sports, you know, at every juncture, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I've had the great pleasure to have really cool jobs in sports, kind of in all parts of sports. I worked in, right when I graduated, I did some stuff at a boarding school, coached and worked in athletic administration. And then I worked for Chelsea Piers, which is a big sports and entertainment complex in Manhattan and in Connecticut for almost uh, 19 years. So really saw the amateur side of things and running big businesses and kind of working with athletes young and old at every level. And then having this really unique opportunity to go to Princeton, obviously my alma mater that I love and, you know, really committed to the mission of education through athletics that really is the cornerstone of the program there in the Ivy League, but also just at Princeton more broadly. And I was really, you know, going about my business really enjoying the job, despite the fact that it was COVID and that presented some really interesting challenges. But I got a phone call from someone saying, hey, this is an opportunity that's out there to be the LPGA commissioner. And, you know, again, I I love my job at Princeton, but this was a once in a lifetime opportunity to really, in my mind, impact sports, but really in particular impact women's sports. I love golf. I've played golf my whole life and have studied golf and think it's a really unique sport, but mostly, you know, coming at this at the way of like this, This is a moment in time for women and women in sports that I think can really change not only sports, but change kind of the world and how people look at women and the talents that they have and the opportunities that exist in this world. So I, you know, jumped at this chance and obviously convinced my family to make a pretty big move to come down from New Jersey to Florida, which is a, you know, a big move for kids, particularly my husband. So again, that grateful theme will run through everything I said and have this opportunity to live my dreams, but hopefully more importantly, to impact, you know, the world of sports and impact specifically our women who play golf and also just young girls who play golf around the world. Oh, I love that. I love what you're doing too. And um, for for those of you listening, it's uh, Molly and I had the opportunity to meet because she heard me on another podcast, another Molly, different Molly, Molly Fletcher on the Game Changers podcast. And we got to connect and we've had a few conversations. And one of the things that is one of my passions, one of my goals for this year is to really break in to the world of professional sports when it comes to personal branding. Because I know rather during your tenure as a professional athlete or post the impact of your personal brand, how many people know about you, like while you're actually in the endeavor of your profession, it's like, that has a lot to do with your income, right? Those are your brand deals, sponsorships, negotiating pay raises because you bring the crowd with you, but then equally as important, if not more after, as you venture into, you know, your next endeavors post athletics. And so I'm curious with you, this idea, this concept of personal branding, and I know, and everyone else knows, and this is no secret. It's like female athletes make less than their counterpart, male athletes. Like that's no secret. We're not like a whistleblowers here. <laughs> that's, that's just, <laughs> that's a known fact. Right. So I'm curious, like when you think about the world of sports and you think about women and their role in that, how much does a player's personal brand matter when it comes to them being successful in terms of income and success and all of that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely critical. And I've said this often, you know, when I was evaluating whether to jump into this position, I asked my kids, you know, name five women on the LPGA and they could name a few and they weren't, my kids aren't necessarily 
you know, serious golfers, they're, they're athletes and they're engaged in the world of sports and they could only name a couple. And so that's where I felt like, okay, I, I can really have an opportunity hopefully to come and, and help these women elevate their own brands and elevate the brand, the LPGA brand more broadly, because at the end of the day in professional sports, that's really what it's all about in terms of getting eyeballs, viewership, getting people to engage with us. But I also think it's about inspiring the next generation. Our women are so good at this game, you know, to be the best hundred players or 150 players in the world. I mean, that's pretty darn remarkable. How many times do you find someone who is the best? You know, we have people who are obviously the best, but also even the top hundred or 150. And I think the world needs to know about them more because that will help obviously the LPGA in terms of our partners and our commercialization, but it'll also help them. These are individual athletes who make their money in a number of different ways. They obviously make money by competing and by winning the prize money on the tour, but they also are the personal brands and the representatives, the ambassadors for a number of companies. And a, a good portion of their income can come from that association, from the brand. And, you know, we are getting a lot of traction in that area. People are seeing that these are amazing role models and they can hitch their corporate values or their corporate identity to these remarkable women who are not only being very successful on their own, but inspiring that next generation of young girls to say, I can do this. You know, I can compete at the highest level. I can be a very good person while I do it. And I can represent others' brands along the way. So I think it's really critical to their overall direct income, but it's also really critical to the LPGA's success more broadly and our ability to have a positive impact on the world. So we're really doubling down on that right now, trying to figure out ways to help them elevate their brands, to help us elevate our own brand, which is really important. I think the LPGA doesn't get as much credit as it should. We've been around 71 years. We've had amazing women for longer than any other really women's professional sport. We've done it kind of on our own. People have made a, a living, a good living, and have, like I said, inspired the world through their play. As a young girl, the only real role models that you had to look up to in professional athletics were the golfers or tennis players for the most part as I was growing up. And so, and I played golf. So I was very engaged with the women that were doing very well on the tour. Now I've gotten to meet them, you know, the same women who were my inspiration as a young kid to say, hey, anything's possible. You know, there are opportunities in sports, whether you're actually competing or you're working in sports, but sports is a place for women. So I think it is 100%, you know, sort of top of mind, critical for us on the go forward strategy for the LPJ and for our players to continue to get the world to see, you know, these remarkable women do what they do. I love that. You know, and it's, it's funny, it's how you're talking is, you know, I think about the study that our company did, Brand Builders Group went out and fielded a national research study on the trends and impacts of personal branding just about a year ago. And it's the first national study about personal branding. And a huge part that we thought were so, was so interesting. And something you just said made me think about this is that 88% of millennials age 26 to 44, but then 82% of the entire general population, no matter what your age is, agree that a company is more influential when the founder or executives have a public facing personal brand. And what you just said, like really resonated to something that we talk a lot about. It's like, we are no longer really in the era of the company. The company is no longer the entity that is known. It's the people within the company that make the company known. And so when you said, it's like, hey, it's like the more well-known our players become, the more well-known our organization becomes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes across all sports, all industries, all organizations, no matter what. And so I'm curious, in your opinion, 
What do you think in this specific conversation the players need to be doing to help themselves become more well-known, thus making the entire organization more well-known? Like, what would you like to see? Well, you know, I think that letting people get to know them as much as possible. And some of that is our responsibility, you know, outside of their own social media and outside the things that they can do to continue to place themselves into situations where, you know, they're letting the world see all the good that they're doing, not only on the golf course, but the way that they train, the way that they eat, the way that they sleep, the way that they engage in sort of high performance, I think is very interesting to the world. Also, the way that they give back. I mean, our women are significant contributors to charity, to young girls, as I said before, allowing young girls to have inspiration and to be role models. I think getting that word out and being very creative and, and aggressive with their own social media, but also from our perspective, one of the things that we're trying to do more is you know, give audiences more of an opportunity to know the players individually, not just their talent. I mean, their talent, I think people still need to understand how significant it is, but I also want to be able to do things in broadcast. You know, We're trying to stream holes you know, on various uh, streaming platforms where we can interview the athletes in the middle of their round. Golf's a really unique sport where they can be playing and we can actually have an announcer or a broadcaster come up and, and just ask them what they're thinking as they're about to hit their next shot within a very large competition where they're competing for a great deal of money. It was really cool. And I think that's where the association starts to come in. Because as you said, people think of people, you know, they follow the LPGA and we need to do continue to do a better job and continue to grow our abilities in that area, which our team is really good and they're really focused on on it. But mostly we connect with people. We cheer on people. You know, you want to be watching someone you know. You want to be watching someone whose story you know, what how hard it was to get to that point. And every athlete on our tour has a different story and they're quite remarkable. They're not what you think they are. And I think they provide inspiration. They're very interesting. They're very engaging. And I think that they have this platform to help people be better in their own lives. And also, if you think about golf, I mean, wow, golf is just a hard sport. When you, I don't know how much you play, Jay, but when you stand up on that tea, you never know what's going to happen. And at the end of your round, imagine being in your professional life. We all were talking about being stressed and other things that are challenging. But if in your professional life, every day at the end of your workday, you got a score. And then on top of that, that score was blasted out to the world yes. and everybody knew how you performed that day. So the way they handled the successes and the failures and the ups and the downs, and they stay with it and they continue to focus on the process, it's very inspirational. And it's hard to get stressed about the things that you have to do in life when you see how they're handling disappointment and public disappointment. So I think telling that story more and letting people into the challenges that they face will really be a great inspiration for others. Oh my gosh. It's so true to, you know, just anyone who's in the public eye, whether you're putting yourself there or you just, you're there. Right. And I think a lot of this has to do with so much of what we talk about in our community at Brand Builders Group. And I believe a huge resistance to a lot of our community of like really putting themselves out there is the fear of people not liking them or disagree with them. And it's like, the truth is, it's like the more true you are to yourself, you're going to have more lovers and more haters. That's just the yeah. natural part of being. I and mean, that's hard. That's like a hard yeah. choice. And then to be in a profession where that just is a part of the job, that's so intense. And so yeah. I'm curious to know, genuinely, it's like, would you say that most of your players or even like you yourself, it's like, do you think that there's a resistance to build personal brands? 
Yeah, I think I don't know that there's a resistance to build personal brands because I think we all want to do that. I mean, I know I need to be a lot better about that. And because I agree with you and you and I've been talking about that, like I think that people really do believe that the CEO or the leader of the company is the representative of that total company. And so I need to do a better job myself on that. But I think our players, you know, it's very hard to put yourself out there. And particularly in the world of professional sports where everyone just feels like they have the right to tell you what they think of your play, of what you look like out there, of what, you know, so it's very, very hard. So I think that there is sometimes some resistance, but I think the more we educate on how to do it positively and just continue to focus on your own values and continue to focus on the things that you believe in and then let the chips kind of fall where they may, you know, and and obviously we need to support them in that every step of the way as well. So it's hard, but it does matter. And I think it will just continue to open up doors for them. Every sponsor or partner that comes up to me tells me how amazing our athletes are, you know, and that's almost like this, the secret that we're keeping. And we need to just tell the world a little bit more aggressively. Listen, our players are quite well known in many circles and some of them more than others, but I just think there's this huge opportunity for them to inspire. And we really just are, like I said, we're really focused on that. So I think there is a resistance, but we're trying to give people as comfortable an environment as possible to do that. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you know, there's two things I want to comment on. It's like one of the sayings that we have at Brand Builders Group is that it's the worst thing in the world to be the world's best kept secret. Yeah. Right? It's like... There's a lot of things that are true. And one of the things that are true, I believe it's like, no matter how good you are, people cannot do business with you if they do not know about you, right? And it's like, there's that mix and mingle of like, you can be the most talented golfer on the planet, but if no one knows about it, then like, there's nothing that's going to benefit of you. It's like, there's that part of like having a great skill set. And there's another part of making sure that people know about that, right? And that is the business of sports. and then. The other thing I was going to say, it's like, you know, this same resistance or not even resistance, reluctance, or sometimes it's confusion. It's like, I think this is what the entire world is experiencing right now with this enormous shift of going from like this traditional marketing and advertising world to this new kind of world order of the just undeniable importance of your reputation, your audience, engagement, people knowing about you, like that's just becoming increasingly more important. Like we just strongly believe it's like personal branding is a trend. It's not a fad, which means it's not going away, right? It's a growing amplified part of how we do business. And there is not a ton of talk around this and a lot of businesses and organizations, but you're making this a topic. 
Like this is something that you guys are focused on and intent of like, how do we get our players to be more well-known? Because we know if we do that, it's going to benefit the organization. And there's still a lot of debate on should we, shouldn't we? And you're kind of taking the stance of, no, this is what we're going to do. And that's clearly a shift of what has been done within the LPGA. And so I'm curious, like as your like seat as commissioner and in that kind of like during your reign here, right? Why this? Like, what is it about this that you think is just so important as we kind of like move into this next era of marketing? Well, a couple of things. One, I do think it's also though in that hesitancy or the reluctance, I think it is our responsibility as the LPGA to continue to help with kind of helping them through the difficult parts of it too, you know, kind of providing the right perspective on it. So it doesn't, you know, so really they can focus on their own well-being and their own mental health and all of that too, and making sure that there's good perspective. I always think that mindset and perspective and approach is really the most important thing in anything you do in life is sort of how you enter that challenge and how you know what you're getting into when you go into it and just really staying true to your own values and knowing, being confident with who you are and knowing what the upside is, but also knowing where the downside can be and being prepared for that. So I think those are some of the things that we're trying to work on. But again, getting back to your question, like I said, it's just so critical that they, as individual athletes, is really entrepreneurs. I mean, if you really think about it, the women on our tour, they don't play for a team, they play for themselves. And so their own personal brand is even that much more important because they're actually selling their brand, just like the LPGA is selling our brand to be able to make all of this work. You know, we don't exist without the commercialization of the sport. I mean, we are in the business to allow women to live their dreams through golf, you know, tangentially, not even tangentially, just as, as an integrated part of what we do. We are also part of our mission is to give this opportunity to young girls, to women, whatever skill level all around the world, because we think it's so valuable. Mm -hmm. So in order, like you said, in order for us to do that, people have to know the opportunities exist. They have to know the benefits of participating in golf and participating in sport for young girls and for women, you know, the community building, the networking. So in order for us to be successful in that way, people have to know our stories and have to get to know our athletes and for our athletes to be able to truly maximize this amazing gift that they have. They're individual entrepreneurs and they need to commercialize it. You know, there are different ways they can do it. So it's really built into their entire ability to reach our mission and their mission, which is to live their dreams through the game of golf and inspire the world to have a positive impact. So it's all tied in together. I mean, I think it really is all part and parcel of what we do as an organization is we need more of the world to know about us. So we're really focused on that. Yeah. And it's like kind of the easiest, maybe not, I'm going to say simplest, not easiest, but the simplest thing to do is like, as your players become more well-known, you become more well-known. It's like this win-win situation. I love what you said too. It's like, really our players are entrepreneurs. Like that is such a great way at looking at this particular sport. And there's other sports like that, but it's, you know, you said something earlier that just made me think about this. It's like the more that we get to know the stories of the players. And here's what I have found to be true. The more that I get to know the stories of the athletes of the teams that I follow, I don't just love the athlete more. I love the entire sport more. Yeah. You know, and I think I shared this with you. It's like I recently watched the movie King Richard mm. about Venus and Serena Williams' father and about them. And the most fascinating thing happened through like the next few weeks after watching this movie. It's like, one, 
I'm just dumbfounded at their superiority and the skill set and just like who they are as humans and individuals. And there's the fact that they're in the same family. Like, so I have become like so endeared to both of them and their excellence. But I'll tell you what else happened is I've become way more interested in the entire sport of tennis. Oh, yeah. Right. It's not. And here's what I'm saying. It's like the stories of athletes don't make you just love them more. They make you love the entire sport more. And that's yeah. something that I think is really amazing. It's like my husband is a really great golfer and really loves golf. And he's always pressuring me to go golfing. And, you know, it's like I haven't necessarily ever had a great desire and passion to it until I met you. Right. And it's like now that I talk to you and I'm getting to know it, it's like I'm naturally more inclined to want to learn about the sport because I'm fascinated by you. It's like I want to oh. get to know your players because it's like I want to support people that I believe in. The exact same thing happens with companies, right? When I fall in love with a founder of a company, it's like, man, I want to support what this person is doing because I'm fascinated and interested by their story and I want to be a part of it. And I think the exact same thing happens when we fall in love with stories, we fall in love with the people, but also what they're a part of. And that includes the entire sport. Absolutely. The sport, the LPGA, women's sports, I, th I think by watching King Richard, which I loved as well. And, you know, you really get, you appreciate the hard work, yes. the sacrifices, the challenges that have gone into getting them to where they got. It's pretty darn remarkable and how hard it is to get there and how talented they really are. So, and again, if you think about sports, why do people love their hometown team? Why do people love their college team? It's because it builds community and you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And there's a personal connection to that team. You don't generally just pick a team and say, oh, I like their colors. I mean, sometimes that's how you originally sort of align yourself with the team, but then it's about the people. I, I like watching sports when I have some understanding of who the people are, whether it's a, a quarterback on a football team or whether it's, you know, the star player. And that was why, you know, being at Princeton was, was so fun. I always loved Princeton athletics. I loved following the teams when I was not the AD just as an alum, because that was my association and my affiliation. But then when you get to know the athletes and you know, their stories, you become sort of obsessed by their results and by their success, because you know how much went into it. And that's the same with the LPGA. I've always been a fan. I've always loved golf. I've always been a student of the game and the history of the, the LPGA. But now knowing these athletes and seeing who they are as people, you know, you wake up wondering how they, sometimes they, they were playing in Asia last week and I was there, I was in Singapore for the first week and then I had to come home for some meetings. They then played in Thailand. You know, the time differences are significant. They're 13 or 14 hours ahead. And so, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and just first grab my phone and see how they did. But now knowing all of the women, you're really following them, you're connected with them. And so the more other people, not just the commissioner knows who, they, I mean, again, we have a huge fan base and many, many people know our athletes and are inspired by them and they're doing great work out there. But I think there's even more people that could be inspired and get to know them and sort of, you know, have something to cheer for. Where else in the world do you actually cheer for other people? There are not many places <laughs> where you're putting your arms up, you're clapping, you know, and you're personally invested in it. I mean, look at the fans at different games and they have their hands in their face and they're, they're so invested in the success of their teams. And it's not really just the team, it's the people yeah. that they're watching. And so there's so much more of an opportunity for that, which I'm really excited about. And 
I wouldn't be so excited if I didn't think our women were so remarkable and I didn't think that our product was so good. And so, you know, I've used this word too many times here today, but so inspiring. So, and that's really why I've stayed connected with sports so much is because I do think it changes people's lives. I think it builds leaders. I think it builds communities. I think it gives people some optimism and something to look forward to. So I think there's so many benefits of it that I love having this platform to tell our stories. Oh, I love that. And I so agree with you. It's like, I just think there's so many benefits of sports in general, like regardless of what it is, there's just so many, but like to what you said, it's like, what are the things in life? Do you like physically jump out of your chair or screaming and yelling for other people? Yeah. Right. And it's like, you get so emotionally invested into the team, the community. It's like, how many times do you like buy all the gear of your favorite company and wear it with pride. It doesn't happen. Like that's such a great point. And so we have just like eight more minutes or so. And so I want to shift gears just a little bit. And I want to talk about you and uh, really like your role. And you said earlier, it's like every decade in your life that you've said, like, I just want to pick like the next most awesome like role in sports. And so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, right? And looking at this next decade, like 10 years from now, like, what do you want to be doing? Well, I mean, listen, I have a big, big task ahead of me here. And so I'm really not looking forward past this opportunity at all. I mean, I've just gotten here, been here, you know, six months, a little over six months. And we have a great platform. The LPJ is in a really good position, but the fun of it is that there's huge growth to be had too. So mm-hmm. I would like to look back in 10 years and say, we elevated the LPGA to a place where the women are making more money, you know, getting closer, hopefully, or getting to the point, the same amount of dollars that the men make to play the sport, that more people know about them, have been inspired by them, that girls golf has grown around the world, not just, you know, we're a global tour. So we have women from, I think, over 50 countries participating on the LPGA. And we also partner with the Ladies European Tour, and we have a qualifying tour, the the Epson Tour. So we have, I think, over 50 women from different countries. And so our 50 countries represented. So we have the opportunity not just to impact what's happening in the US, but, you know, around the whole world. And so I hope that we wake up and I wake up in 10 years and say, well, we really did take this to the next level. And we were able to impact the individuals that participate, but also the world more broadly. I hope the number of girls that are playing the game has grown. I hope the number of girls who who really might not otherwise have that opportunity if we weren't really intentional about it. I think, you know, certain sports these days, almost all sports have become very expensive. And, you know, golf has traditionally been known as a very expensive sport. And this is an opportunity that can't be just given to young girls or boys whose families have the resources. It's like education. I really feel like it's our responsibility to give this remarkable game to those who might not other feel either comfortable or feel have the resources to be able to play. So I'd like to wake up and say, hey, we really did give this opportunity to many, many more young girls. And we impacted many, many more lives along the way. So you're kind of looking at impacting lives, but you're doing it through this overall platform. And hopefully women's sports has grown during that period. And no longer do people look and go, okay, well, there's golf. And then there's women's golf, you know, it's sort of like there's golf and there's men's golf and there's women's golf. And then we play together. I mean, that's the beauty of golf also that men and women can play together. And, you know, people who think that they can beat our women, you know, men or women who don't really know. I love that scenario when you say, okay, yeah, you, why don't you come out and play against these women and see what happens at the end? I mean, they are just as good as the men. They might not hit it quite as far off the tee, but then their game from there on in our data and our statistics are showing that they are just as good or better in many areas. And so I'd like the world to know that and for us to tell those stories. 
Mm, that's so good. And I love that. I love too, that you're just focused on the here and now, right? We'll see where the road takes you, but you're focused on the here and now. Um, so if we were just to take it personal for you, it's like, I know you want to see these women's stories told, you want to see the, you know, game of golf, you know, is shared and hopefully it grows and, you know, all these different things. So those aside, right. I'm just super curious, like, are there any like internal things that are messages that you hope come out of your tenure here? And this could be just not even about golf, but sports, women's sports, men's sports, whatever. But it's like, are there any underlying themes that you're like, man, if, you know, the world were at my fingertips and I had a magic wand and I could make sure all these things happen. Is there anything that you really want your legacy to be as, you know, you think about at some point this position will be over, however many years down the road it is. But when people think back and they think about Molly Marcosamon, like, what do you want them to think about? Well, I mean, I think, as you said, I like to be in the here and now. I mean, I've never had a job where I'm looking for the next job. I mean, those jobs have always, fortunately, I've just had a lot of really lucky, you know, connections and relationships and people who have put me forward for other opportunities. But I've always just tried to say, like, you got to care deeply about what you're doing at that moment. So Mm -hmm. I hope people, you know, look back and say, you know, she really cared because she cared, not because she was trying to, you know, elevate her own career or anything like that, because I actually think that's the worst thing that you can do. And in your job, you have to be invested in, in what you do for what it is, not, not for what it can get you. And I do think that's a really important thing for people is just like, be where you are, love what you do, care deeply about the product and the people and try to make it better every day. You know, wake up thinking, how do I get this organization to be better? How do I get the people around me to be better? How do I get myself to be better? You know, how do I grow every day? So I hope people, from my own perspective, I hope that's what people say. You know, there is one of my bosses at Chelsea Piers, you know, they were doing this, my going away party and, you know, they were standing up and saying really nice things. And you're always like, oh, I never knew. They thought that one of my bosses, you know, that's what he he said. And at first I was like, wow, he just said, like, I thought he'd say, oh, I did really well at this, or I had these accomplishments, or I was hoping, he, but he just said, you know, at the end of the day, Molly cared, you know, she really cared about our organization, cared about our people. And so when I reflected back on that, I was a little younger. I was like, that's good. Like, I was proud of that. I hope that that continues and that that's what people can sort of say the same thing along the way, because it makes life a lot more fun to care about the teams you're on, you know, being an athlete, being associated with teams. I think everything is about your teams, whether it's your family or your work or your friends or your community, they're all teams. And so how do you show up for that team? So that's what I hope in my career is like, I really have no aspirations for a different job or for, you know, really just to have impact where I am and to have people who I work with say, hey, she really does care. And she's not going to be perfect. It's going to make mistakes and, you know, not going to know everything by any stretch, but she cared. And I think that's what my hope is. Mm, I love that. You said two things there. I thought that was so good is that you're a part of teams, no matter what you do in life. Like maybe it's your family team or your work team, or maybe you have a church team or a nonprofit team, or maybe you're on a sports team, right? Yeah. But it's like, you're a part of teams, no matter yeah. if you're in sports or not. And that's such a great way at looking at all the different things that we do. It's like, I'm a part of like six different teams. Right. right? And I had never thought about it that way, where it's like, I'm a crucial integral part of making our family team work. 
right? If I don't do good, they don't do good. Yeah. They That's the work. most important team, by the way. That is by far the most yes. important team is your team. I heard someone yesterday say, you know, the team that really matters is the team that's sitting at your Thanksgiving dinner. And that's a good way of putting it. You know, that's the team that makes the most. And it was actually from a coach who cares deeply about his specific team that he coaches. But I think the most important team is always the team that's sitting at your Thanksgiving dinner. But yeah, I mean, sometimes your role on the team is not exactly the role that you would like to have. And I talk to my kids about that all the time. But if you go in with like, hey, whatever my role is, my job is to make that team better, whether I'm the star player or I'm, you know, sitting at the end of the bench, everybody on that team contributes to the overall success. And if you don't wake up thinking about that, you can actually be a negative impact to the team. And so you really have to, you know, in, in sports, you know, the college level, we talk about that with the coaches all the time. It's like the end of the bench is just as important as as the starting superstar. And so make sure you as the coach or the leader play to that whole bench. But also if you're on the end of the bench, how are you contributing to make that team better that day? And it translates to work. It translates to family. It translates to everything. We know that in marriages and then, you know, listen, some days you're going to be getting to do what you want to do. And other days your partner is going to need to do what they need to do. And it's a constant, you know, team that we engage in. Same thing with our kids. So I just love thinking of it as teams. Yeah. I love that. Like I'm totally going to shift my mindset around. It's like, we all have different roles, but we're a team and I'm a part of like a variety of little teams in my life. And it's like, how am I showing up? Like what's my role in each of those teams? I love that. That's so good. The other thing you said that I want to like highlight for the listeners is you got to care about what you're doing for the sake of just doing a good job and loving what you're doing, not because of what it's going to get you. Right. That is so significant. I feel like So many people in life intentionally or not are doing things while subconsciously doing them going, if I do this, then I'll get this. Or if I do this for this person, then they'll do this for me. It's like, there's this like subconscious mindset of I'll do this, but I'll do it to get this. And you said, no, it's like, do it for the sake of doing it and being a part of the team and loving what you do. Yeah. And for you to get better and for you to grow and for, you know, there's, there's intrinsic benefits of that for sure, but it really does, I think, reduce stress and, you know, reduce the anxiety around what you're doing. You wake up and say, okay, my task is to care and to make this organization better and to accomplish my goals and not worry about the rest. It's not always easy to do. And believe me, I fall prey to all of that. Like we all do, but trying to get back to level set on mindset and, you know, even just with kids in school, there's so much pressure on grades and successes on sports teams and in the play and various things. And, you know, I constantly try to say to my kids, listen, you know, you show up, do the very best you can and let the chips fall where they may, you know, and and you contribute to it because you love it and because it makes you happy and because it's fulfilling and it helps you grow. Don't worry so much about that result. That's hard for kids. It's hard for adults. It's hard for all of us. But I do think for me, it reduces stress. You know, it's like, listen, I can just put one foot forward, put my clothes on, get out of the house and do the very best I can do and hope that things go the best that they can possibly go. And, and that's not something I've always, my mindset I've always had, you know, I think that's, you know, sort of evolved over time. So I try to share that with my kids and, you know, they have to go through some stuff on their own to figure that out. But I do think that's an important mindset. Oh, I love that. I'm telling you what, it's like the more time I get to spend with you, it's like, you just have like all these little, like excellence bombs just dropping everywhere. (laughs) All these like awesome little golden nuggets that just come out of your mouth. I so love what you're doing. I know exactly why you were recruited for this position. I am so excited to see what you do for the whole game of golf, but specifically for these women players. I'm so excited to just see this change. And it's like, regardless of how many other people it's going to impact, like 
I can raise my hand and say, it's like from the day that we had our first conversation, I have had a new appreciation and interest for the game. And I'm just one. It's like, there's going to be a serious domino effect with all the things that you're doing. And so people want to learn more about you and stay in touch with the LPGA tour. Like, where should they go? Where do you want people to find you? Well, again, I think I need to do a better job of letting people find me, but I am on Twitter. I think it's mmarku91 and something like that, but I should probably know that more specifically, (laughs) but, but you can always find me too on the LPGA site and, you know, we're constantly doing things through our social media channels. And, but I think, you know, in me, getting to know you that, and I reached out to you because I heard you, as I said, on Molly Fletcher's podcast and just was really, I loved your message. And I know that's something, an area of growth for me to be able to put myself out there more and to be able to, you know, be willing to do that. But mostly for me at this point, it's a little bit about time, but it has to be a priority of time, you know, and I always want to, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it really well. And sometimes it's hard to find time to do this really well with all the other things that you're trying to do and other ways that you're trying to serve other people. But I do think that it is important, you know, for the LPGA. I I wouldn't do it so much if it was just to elevate my own personal brand, but if it's going to help elevate the tour and help elevate what we do, then I need to continue to get better at that. Well, I'll do all the research. I'll make sure all the right handles are in the Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Since I don't even know them, but um, yeah, we're working on that AJ with your help. Maybe I can get there to the next level. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, um, but I'll put all that in there. I'll grab all the links for the LPGA. I'll put all those in there and, and y'all like, go follow these players, go follow the LPGA, like also follow Molly. I'm going to enforce her. I'm going to make her share all of her brilliance uh, online. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for doing this. And thanks for helping elevate our women. And like you said, go to the LPGA and social media handles and, and also watch our broadcast. We're on golf channel. There are times we're on, we're on network television where we've got some great ideas brewing around some other ways that you can engage. We've done an all access uh, video of one of our, you know, sort of docu-series. So again, getting to know our players through that docu-series and through um, sort of their personal lives is really remarkable. I think you'll be inspired. So thanks for everything. And yeah, I look forward to continuing our conversation. This is awesome. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for another episode of The Influential Personal Brand. We'll see you next time. Thanks. That's all we've got for this episode of The Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 